I'm Alexa Wybranek. You are listening to... My name is Alice Vozza. Join us as we go behind the scenes. Uh, my name is Paige McClanahan. Storytelling and social media. Learn every day something new. Super interesting, super challenging. And that kind of spot-on messaging is crucial. Communication and development practitioners, we can work more and more together. You are listening to Communication for Development Podcast. Hi. I'm Alexa Wybranek, a writer, editor, and lifelong learner. Welcome to Communication for Development, a podcast by the ITC ILO. When I started my first development job at the age of 25, I had so many questions, but I felt like I was overloaded with information and I couldn't make sense of it all. So now I'm here with my whole team of media professionals to find answers and explore topics that matter in communications today. We talk to experts on subjects like project planning, storytelling, and social media. Join us as we go behind the scenes, get insider information, and learn what drives and inspires some of our favorite C4D projects today. Let's get started. Today, I'm talking to Jaya Jiwatram. Jaya is the digital and interactive media team lead at UN Women. She has experience in creative advertising and technology partnerships to promote United Nations brand visibility and advocacy messaging. Her skill set ranges from creative conceptualization and cross-platform campaigns to interactive websites and mixed media initiatives. All right, so hi, Jaya. Welcome to the show. It's great to meet you, even if it's not in person. Um, I always start things off with one question. It's a personal question, and it is, for you, where is home? Home for me, uh, technically, is Hong Kong. Uh, I was born and raised there. Um, however, I've lived in so many other countries and many different cultures. So home is a very fluid concept for me. Um, and, uh, and I would just say that home is sort of the, the people around me and the community around me. That's a beautiful description. <laughs> and just the last of uh, these personal questions, what do you like to do in your spare time? Um, so in my spare time, um, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, I definitely traveled a lot. Um, I get my meaning and happiness from cultures uh, and being around um, my friends in different cultures. Um, uh, when the pandemic, uh, you know, came in, uh, it did change how I spent my free time. Uh, I was already... Um, running and reading a lot and uh, uh, but I, I felt like during the pandemic I had a lot more time um, just sort of that, that silence um, and spent time um, meditating more and uh, I don't know if you've uh, done this before but like uh, also getting into color therapy and and just uh, just doing time uh, just doing things to sort of open my brain in other ways particularly when you couldn't uh, be outside but now that we you know we are able to move around a little bit better uh, with the vaccines. Uh, I've been really into wandering. Um, and when I say wandering, um, not having sort of a 
goal in mind, but just knowing I want to explore a neighborhood. And I've just discovered so many beautiful things that way. Definitely. No, it's super cool. I also love like wandering a new city. When I move to a new place, I like to ride the subway up and down, just kind of see what's going on. So that's super cool. So um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself as a so you're the digital media, you were the digital media team lead at UN Women. Um, and then you said that you're going on secondment to the Department of Global Communications. So um, yeah, could you just tell us like, what does it mean to be a digital team lead and um, what will you be doing like in your new role? I just recently joined the Department of Global Communications in the campaign service. Um, I'm in the uh, peace and security arm of it. And so my role now is to um, is to advocate um, and to uh, and to talk about um, some of these difficult issues, peace and security, uh, aligned, of course, with the secretary general's uh, uh, our common agenda uh, and, and many other things um, to do with the UN um, priorities like the sustainable development goals. Um, Prior, and I just I started this job a couple of weeks ago, so it was still settling in. Um, my job for the last ten years was at UN Women, and uh, uh, and I was the uh, digital and interactive um, communications manager and team lead. Um, that work uh, involved um, uh, essentially um, <clears throat> different kinds of storytelling. Um, and when I say different kinds of storytelling, you're evolving with the times. You're mixing different media types together. You're constantly experimenting. Um, uh, you know, we do have, for example, in our team, um, a video uh, producer, we have someone who's a photographer, we have a, a web unit, we have a branding person. So they all have their portfolios, but like my role is to try, try and like combine those elements together against a set campaign. Another big aspect of my work um, when I was at UN Women uh, was digital strategy and analytics um, and, um, and and working with um, a, a lot of um, advertising agencies um, uh, to create communications campaigns um, for specific markets. Um, and uh, that involved a lot of um, project management and coordination, um, but also creative execution. I wanted to ask you because I saw on your LinkedIn page that your first job out of college was in journalism. So yeah, just wondering what, for you, what drove you to enter the development sector and like how did you move from writing to advertising? So one thing you should know about me, uh, I was always that kid that liked the different subjects. I couldn't, I went to a British school where it's very structured, right? Everyone expects you to just be able to pick your path uh, very early on. And um, and I remembered in my uh, final years, I was studying both English literature and physics. So me entering journalism, I think was just a natural trajectory of my, of my upbringing, which is like, just loving the human story and loving the environment around me but wanting to be able to also um, untangle it because you see a lot of inequalities around you when you uh, when you move around my first job out of college i, I ended up covering the crime beat it was uh, police um, crime um, and it was around that time that the second gulf war started so i didn't uh, I actually at the time didn't know that much about um, about conflict. I didn't, I, I mean, I was young, you know, I was still, um, I, I was, I want to say I was 23 when the Gulf War started, uh, the second Gulf War, sorry. And um, 
and that kind of opened my eyes into uh, into another aspect of the world. Going from journalism to where I'm at right now, uh, it, it is directly linked um, to the fact that I enjoy um, uh, I enjoy constantly learning about different uh, aspects um, and different fields, and I and I think it's very important, particularly these days, to keep. Uh, pushing yourself to learn in different uh, areas of communications and also different uh, different types of technologies and mediums. Um, you don't have to be a pro at it. I'm not uh, suggesting that you have to be a pro at everything, but I think it's good to give you an understanding of how things work and operate and how you can stitch media types together. I mean, I think uh, it's always so interesting to hear people's stories of how they came to the UN because everyone's is completely different. So I think it's great also for, for everyone to understand, I don't know, that everything can always change at any time. <laughs> Let's talk about like the creative process. Where do you start from? And like, where do you get ideas from? And like, how do you, I mean, I guess you kind of answered this with like, you know, wandering around, coloring, like doing art, even in your spare time. But um, where do you start with, with like a, a new creative project? You know, there's two ways you can get an idea. I think one comes from making sure that you are constantly reading up on the topic that you're trying to promote and, and, and being in tune with what people are saying on that topic, whether it's a subject matter expert or even the general public. And it's in, it's in that, process it's a, it's like a it's a lifelong thing it's not something that just happens in a singular moment it's that discovery process that's very beautiful and ideas come out of that then there's the other way around of it you know like where it, particularly if you're at the UN you might be given a topic you might be told you know maybe you don't understand the topic um, and then how do you get ideas from that um, and um, and that you know it's so it's very critical in when you're forming an idea to um, uh, and I do this with my team you must create something uh, you must produce something called a creative brief right you're trying to understand what you're trying to unpack who you're trying to target, on which medium, um, and what are you trying to add to the conversation, how are you trying to emotionally connect, and what's the result in that. And I and I firmly believe if you're, uh, you have to go through even a discovery process in that, become a subject matter expert in your own right, because if you don't, uh, if, if you're just uh, adding to the noise, it doesn't help anything. You want to be able to add a layer to the conversation um, that either reframes it um, or contributes to it. And you, and you must have like a strong voice in that. I think the other part of it is um, exposing yourself to um, people in the creative field um, and in the mediums and areas you're trying to target. Um, so what do I mean by that? You know, one, one of the things I do, for instance, or at least I was actively doing before the pandemic set in, was going to um, uh, these tech meetups. Um, and, um, and in New York, uh, there's a pretty big one that happens among technologists where uh, people essentially um, uh, go on stage, they pitch, a prototype of something, a product of something, anything. They can pitch anything, right? And you're there um, to then ask questions, provide feedback, um, even put your hands up and be part of a project. Um, and I think 
that process of being constantly exposed to other people who are also creating is equally important um, because it's it's in that where ideas also bubble um, and to a point that you also referenced Alexa and that I mentioned earlier um, there's something that's so important in the process of also being silent with yourself I feel like all throughout the pandemic, I had analysis paralysis daily over like the smallest little decisions and I couldn't figure out why, but I think it does make sense that, I don't know, I wasn't going to like art shows or I wasn't even going for walks because we had a super strict lockdown here. So it's been really nice to do all of those things again. I think it's super important for the creative process. When you do get analysis paralysis, I think the most important thing is to actually just um, take, a, take a breath, stop, and then just decide, you know what, you need to start somewhere. And, uh, and it's in that starting somewhere, it's the execution that's the most important thing. You know, people talk about the ideas and I will tell you there's a plethora of ideas that people have, um, but there's um, you know, a Harvard uh, Business Review study that said that 95% um, of products end up failing. So it's not about the idea, it's about the execution. I think people get, people get stuck in that. And how do you move forward um, in the execution is a different process in itself. And that's how things uh, end up being a good idea in the end. Yeah, definitely. I think especially in the UN world, we can get really slowed down by, I mean, analysis, paralysis, back and forth, feedback loops. So definitely completely relevant. Yeah. One of the things, um, you know, one of the things to sort of uh, have in your uh, in your toolkit, you could say, when you're producing something, is uh, what I like to call a an advisory board <laughs> for yourself. You know, like a because you know, when when you have an idea, you're technically an audience of one at that point, right? Um, and it's always good to to look around and see. Well, has has someone else done this? idea before? Um, have they uh, have they executed a certain way where maybe I could do it differently? Um, and so you want to have two different advisory boards, right? You want one in which you are, um, you have people around you who who you trust and who are from the field around you, who can run gut checks with you and who can challenge you. You should have your vision, um, so don't feel like it needs to derail your vision, but definitely listen to them and learn from their experiences. Then you have the advisory board uh, that I would like to call the subject matter experts. Um, and when you're executing your idea and you uh, and you pass your idea to them, um, see how they react, see how they're talking to you, uh, you know? And I find it's in those two discovery processes where you're, you're kind of pivoting a little, you're refining your idea, um, and you can hone in on a, a much tighter brief for, uh, and for which channels you're trying to target. So I also wanted to talk about like at least one concrete example of something. So maybe like what is, I don't know, your favorite uh, or something that just really sticks out in your mind of something that you created, um, whether it's like an interactive website for UN women, something, some other type of mixed media thing that maybe you've already done um, in your new job. So, um, and could you just sort of walk us through the steps and like maybe why it worked so well? 
My most meaningful projects um, with impact have always been the ones in which I can educate audiences um, to both learn and act. A topic that I advocate a lot around is ending violence against women. During the pandemic last year, for instance, I oversaw a multi-market ad campaign with Mullen Lowe in New York to expose legal gaps when it comes to different forms of violence against women, such as marital rape and female genital mutilation. Uh, I've also produced a lot of graphics that challenge language when it comes to how we talk about survivors of violence. To this day, one of my favorite web interactives, though, I produced was uh, around the time of the Me Too movement. Um, as survivors came to their forefront, I conceived of a web interactive site, an image generator tool called My Story. Here, um, you had the opportunity to share either your story or support for survivors of violence on a global platform. What made the experience unique uh, was that people could generate what we call the story image card, uh, which would essentially allow them to share their words against a visual template with the original activism art of their choice that we would provide. Um, the story card um, uh, could then be downloaded and shared on their social platforms. Um, I thought it was critical during this time as a, as a leading women's rights agency to provide this space with the purpose of showing solidarity uh, and support for survivors all over the world. Um, in fact, we invited um, influencers, including poets, to be part of the experience um, to add to the narrative. And as you know, visuals are critical in grabbing people attention on social media. So this tool served um, a functional purpose um, to enable advocates to further spread their message, message in visually engaging ways um, during the Me Too um, movement. Okay, so could you walk us through exactly how you put it all together? I mean, what were the steps and how did you overcome like, any challenges along the way? There were multiple steps in executing this project. Um, in fact, you often have to pull together a team for many, um, for any web interactive um, to execute it well and orchestrate the uh, direction of it with them. After conceiving this idea, I put together a creative brief for an agency consisting of artists, web designers, and developers. Together, we determined mood boards and style directions for both the site. Um, and the activism art, mapped out the user journey and information architecture of the site, uh, wrote web copy, um, mocked up low fidelity and high fidelity designs, and eventually moved into web development, user testing, and web deployment. Without um, going into all the details, what's critical to note here is that the project steps for, for any web interactive is very structured and it's essential to put together the right resources and timeline for it so that everyone is aligned uh, against a common goal. When you finally get that amazing idea, how do you get it out there while remaining culturally relevant? You know, when it comes to, um, you know, executing a creative idea and, uh, and ensuring, um, you know, that you are doing it well, um, a huge part of that um, is um, audience targeting uh, and making sure that you are, um, you're, you're targeting in the right spaces uh, and the right channels and the right mediums and that you're culturally relevant uh, and try and jump in when the moment comes up too. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples, you know, the Olympics were earlier this year and one of the graphics that we produced um, 
um, uh, was to show um, women's participation in the Olympics um, since the early part of last century into now, and and how has that changed over time? And it's it's a it's a conversation you want to contribute to, and uh, and visualizing that required a lot of like uh, data analysis and sifting, um, and uh, and in the end that had a lot of engagement on our social channels. Another thing that our team did impromptu. Uh, which again, ideas sometimes just come out of nowhere and sometimes you have to execute it um, in the moment. Um, I was in a meeting with the social media team at one day and they were going on about how it's um, World Pizza Day or National Pizza Day. And, uh, and I sat there and I said, well, why don't, we, why don't we represent a statistic as a pizza, you know? And so we, it was the day itself. We had to push it out for the next day, right? And so we went out, you know, being in New York, we bought a pizza. Um, we grabbed the photographer, uh, we took a picture of the pizza, and then um, I worked with the designer on my team and we were just trying to figure out the copy. And in the end of the day, we decided, okay, well, if, uh, if the number of world parliamentarians were a pizza pie, how many slices would be women, right? So there's actually one in four women or um, one in four uh, world parliamentarians are women. So it was really a quarter of a slice. And that really was a hit uh, when we pushed it out. How do you deal with misinformation? Um, I mean, in the digital space, like it's really difficult to to work in communication and always make sure that you're keeping up with all of the latest, I don't know, the rules and also the algorithms that like govern social media and advertising, which are constantly changing. So how do you make sure that you're, you know, staying up to date, but also giving factual information as part of like an institution? I think, uh, you know, within the UN, um, even if you're going to the uh, any policy uh, expert or any report, I think what's critical, uh, and this is what any journalist should do, is to look at the report also with, uh, um, a detailed eye, right? Um, if a study only covers 10 countries with a sample size of, I don't know, 500 people, you shouldn't be citing that study. You know? <laughs> I, and I think uh, there's, uh, I think too many people almost are doing that and then it's feeding into the misinformation uh, narrative and we shouldn't be doing that. So how credible your own sources are could make or break your own brand image. So uh, if you look at the number of refugees uh, out there, right, uh, it's actually an equal split. Half of them are women, half of them are men. Uh, now. Earlier on, you don't see this as much now, earlier on people were saying, well, the majority of refugees are women and children. Okay, well, I could say, well, the majority of refugees are men and children. How you reinterpret that statistic is kind of, it's going into your own narrative, but so, it's a, so you don't have to sometimes, I think you have to uh, ask yourselves, why are you taking that statistic and framing it that way when really the bigger argument is that women uh, and men uh, experience conflict differently because of existing structural inequalities. I'll stop with one statistic that might be helpful for you, um, but I will give you the sample size of this. Uh, Edelman, um, they, uh, they released this report, it's called the Trust Barometer, and um, they did this study uh, 
in 28 countries with over 30,000 respondents. And they found that majority of people, um, at least around 60%, have a distrust in um, in governments and uh, institutions and, and, and media institutions. And I think that's a big, 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 big problem for our time because those are the institutions, at least, you know, media arms, you want to believe in what they're saying. And so I think moving forward, um, it'll be critical It'll be critical of you know how how we work together to build that trust again as communicators. Yeah, I think that's the the perfect note to leave it on. I mean, and I also kind of wonder where does the UN fit into all of that? I guess it's not considered like mass media, but in a way, kind of yes. I mean, the UN um, is communicating information um, right with the general public, and we are advocating around. Uh, fairly deep and serious issues um, and uh, and where the UN fits in I think is very critical you know we're the ones we're, we're one of the biggest conveners of member states and we are the biggest convener of member states um, and it's understandable that people would be looking at us with a critical eye because you know there's politics uh, you know in that um, and um, but at the end of the day as communicators within the UN we're also uh, a body of human rights activists and uh, and we're on the side of the public you know we're on the side of people who want to do good and um, and so you know, we have a critical role in making sure we get the right information um, to the public um, because we also have the uh, the connections um, with the with all the policymakers you can imagine and experts you can imagine and governments you can imagine in the world and we need to work together with them to ensure um, accuracy. That is the perfect place to end it. I think that was great. I agree, definitely. Um, let's, let's move into the rapid fire questions just so I get them. Um, okay, so I have three, and just answer them with whatever comes to your mind. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, the first one is, what's your favorite part of your current job? Um, right now, I just started um, my new job um, at the Department of Global Communications. What I'm really, really enjoying um, is the one-on-ones I'm having and getting to know new people, and just uh, and it's opening up my my kind of my mind to other types of work that's going on and the subject matter. Um, it's just been really beautiful getting to connect with new people. Last thing that you created slash made from scratch. I got to uh, see my sister and her family for the first time in a, in over a year and a half, and I got to play with my niece, um, who just recently turned five years old, and she's at that stage, you know, the arts and crafts stage. It's really fun, um, and so the last thing I created was this. Uh, paper cutouts with her like an animal safari jungle <laughs> um, and uh, and we were just creating a, 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 a tropical scene um, and it was fun like so again very much um, not to do with work um, um, but for my for my niece and like really who knows because maybe like that you turned on like your creative gears and somehow that's gonna help you in your work you never know and then the last one is, do you have a book recommendation 
uh, for us. Uh, if not, it could be some some other thing that you recommend. Um, I absolutely love Wired Magazine. I feel like they really dig into some uh, topics um, that are one, well reported and, and two, just relevant um, to read about. So if you're into um, both communications and also the technology space, I uh, highly recommend that. Um, Adweek um, is another really great source of information um, that um, uh, that I would uh, again recommend in terms of just your regular reading. The other book that I recommend right now is Designing Your Life um, by these uh, two professors um, from Stanford. Um, their name is Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. Um, and it allows you to question whether your work values are aligned with your life values. And I think it's a really important book to read, uh, particularly because I know during the pandemic, people have been questioning a lot of things and it's very much deeply rooted in your own motivation for what you do and why you do what you do perfect i want to read it putting it on my my list right now great um and then the last question that comes at the end of every podcast where can people find you and connect with you on the internet uh, good question. They can connect with me um, uh, on a couple of platforms. Um, LinkedIn, um, you can naturally find me there um, under Um There are not a lot of Jayajiwatrams out there, but I'm the one, you know, classified under the United Nations. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is my full name, uh, Jayajiwatram, J-A-Y-A-J-I-W-A-T-R-A-M. Um, and uh, yeah, those are the two means you can reach out to me and then of course you know we can connect um, beyond that if you reach out so uh thank you so much for making time and what is i'm sure a very busy schedule so um yeah just wanted to thank you for the time for your answers i think that everyone listening is going to really learn a lot and be inspired by this one so uh including me so thank you oh thank you alexa no thank you thank you for making the time So what you didn't hear in this interview is the part at the end where Jaya invites me to grab a slice of pizza and visit the UN building in New York with her the next time that I'm home. Jaya is really a ray of sunshine and I feel like her positivity radiates throughout our conversation. Of all of the cool things that Jaya said, here's what inspired me the most. Number one. Be curious. As a kid, Jaya couldn't choose her quote-unquote path because she was interested in so many different topics. And I think that's something that a lot of people lose by the time they're adults, when they're busy trying to fit themselves into little boxes. For example, this weekend I attended a city-making festival and I listened to talks by architects, designers, and engineers. And I am none of those things, but it was great. I mean, why not expose yourself to new ideas, ones that you don't understand or maybe don't even agree with? Why not indulge your interests? Just don't forget to kind of sit with yourself and your thoughts afterward, or maybe discuss them with a friend to make the experience more meaningful 
and to make it stick in your mind. Number two, create an advisory board for yourself. I think that this is such an effective yet simple way to boost your creativity and get out of your own head. You know how sometimes you sit too long with an idea and it starts to feel stale and boring? Explaining it to someone else or a group of people that you trust, it might be exactly what you need to supercharge your idea and take it to the next level. You could just message a few people on Skype, create a small group on WhatsApp, and let your ideas fly. Let them challenge you and listen to them. And then reframe your idea based on what you learn. Just remember to return the favor. And number three, seize the moment. Of course, there is a time and a place for big, serious projects. Maybe you'll need to find and analyze data, visualize it, and start a conversation around a global event like the Olympics. Other times, you're talking to your friends on the social media team and you realize that tomorrow is World Pizza Day. Those small ideas that you almost laugh off could go viral, so take them back to your advisory board before you discard them. So that's it. I don't know about you, but I am ready to go for a walk in the park and let my mind roam. How do you explore your creative ideas? Let us know. We would love to hear your method.